brother, and welcome everyone to our spoiler review of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Man, I have got to tell you that I am so excited to talk about this movie today because I have honestly felt like the MCU has been kind of letting me down a little bit coming oh. into like, like each consecutive new movie. So I feel in my like my expectations, I think following the Infinity Saga were so high and they sort of had to like recalibrate, refine a new home. Going into this movie, I literally had just dropped my expectations to nothing. To wow. the point where it was just like, I'm just going to go and see the movie and eat popcorn. And I'm excited to tell you how I felt about All it. All right, is this maybe the best Marvel movie since the Infinity Saga? I am very excited to hear what you in particular have to say about it because as we were watching the movie, I was like, oh man, Ben is gonna have so many thoughts. This is hitting so many like Ben drums in this movie. There's like a tremendous amount of talking about like utopias yep. and paradises, yep. a whole lot of imposter syndrome. Oh my gosh. Just, yeah, just like a lot. So uh, I don't know. What'd you think? <laughs> I, dude, I gotta say, I got like, I, I don't even, I think I'm just gonna like reveal my hand right away. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, I I really did, and I, I thought that like it hit on uh, like all of the things that you love from a Guardians movie. Yeah, like most specifically, and you know it was it was really interesting because like you know you go into all of these movies and like we've gotten so accustomed to like those expectations set by like the huge team ups, the Avengers, the Endgame, Infinity War, like all that type of stuff. Everything you want to have these like massive overarching implications and how will all of the other characters be impacted by the events that we saw inside of this movie. Right. And I would say none of that was on my mind at all throughout the whole movie. I just watched it as a Guardians movie. I almost even think I wasn't watching it as a Guardians sequel. I think it literally as a standalone movie. Yeah, it was just like, good provides a lot. I mean, with the with the small exception of like some of like the runway type of uh, plot lines, like Gamora and Quill, yeah. you know, like we're obviously you like- You need to know a little bit about that for need, sure. Yeah, for sure. But like mm -hmm. so much of it, like I was not finding myself throughout the course of the movie, really struggling with that question of like, oh, well, it just introduced like that new plot element or like this new weapon or this new like planet that we went to or like this kind of species. How will that like fit into the greater like Marvel universe? Yeah, they did a good job of like making the villain, the high evolutionary like this, very big like galactic or like galaxy like sector threat almost yeah but like the whole thing was like brought unto himself just because he wanted to like get rocket back but it wasn't like he was out it wasn't like they had to like hunt him down because he was doing something bad it was just like they found him and because they found him now they have to stop him. Yeah, yeah. even the way that the, like, the, the character of the High Evolutionary was structured was really cool because like uh, one of the things you do also run into again with these Marvel movies is like that that like escalating threat level being like higher and higher and higher each time. And it's like, well, how yeah. do we go bigger? How do we go better? How do we beat Thanos? You know, it's like, it's like, it didn't really feel like that question was in play. Like you could tell why this character was formidable. You understood what his goals and intentions were, but at the same rate, he's like, he's like oddly nerfed at the same time by being like, kind of like, like, incredibly powerful and like you know especially when you have that that scene um with adam warlock where he like throws him against the wall and like warlock just went in and like ravaged 
all of nowhere, yeah. uh, you know, you're like, okay, this dude's got some game. Don't mess with him. Right. But also he's like failing epically in his mission to create this utopia. Right. Like all throughout, <laughs> in like a really hilarious and comedic and very like on the nose uh, for the Guardians kind of way. Yeah, it's so weird too, cause he's like, he's like, failing but at the same time it's like failing at creating a utopia but succeeding in like so many other ways that he like is blind to yes it's like dude you just found a way to force like a species to evolve in like 10 seconds like that's already amazing and it's like no that's not why it's that's it's okay that's that's worthless to me well hilariously yeah. though i even feel like this was one of the cool things about it as well was that like you get the huge rocket raccoon backstory yes. which was like the whole way through i loved every second of it mm -hmm. i thought it was super cool i thought it gave so much more depth to that character but the other thing that you learn about rocket which i thought was really fascinating was that like as as an entity as a character he is like even smarter in some ways than the high evolutionary. Like yeah. he can solve problems that he can't, but then also Rocket then like, meaning that Rocket is smart enough to be a super villain is, is for all intents and purposes, like what that takeaway is. But then Rocket has these other like strange and odd gaps where like, you know, it was never important for anybody to instill him with like knowledge about like what the sky is like. Right. You know, so he's like a rocket scientist that doesn't know what the sky is. Yeah. Uh, you know, in this in this really like kind of interesting way. So I think it also speaks to this idea of like, and I've seen this with like people that I know out there in the real world, where you can like ask them a question about like a politically charged topic or whatever, and they can like answer it like succinctly in a way that like makes sense. And I'm like, why are you not like a politician or something? It's like, cause I have no desire to be. <laughs> And it's like, just because I can answer your question doesn't mean like I want to go and do something with that. Right. And I feel like that's what you end up having with Rocket. It's like insanely smart, insanely capable, like very valuable as an asset, especially if you're somebody like the high evolutionary, but then he's not taking that, those abilities or skills or anything and trying to then become even a superhero. Uh, which, right, which he's basically just, most of his missions until he meets the guardians are just self-serving like almost, I guess he's doing a. He must be doing a fair amount of crime because he's when you meet him, he's broken out of like twenty two prisons or something. Right, right, yeah, right. So yeah. I guess he keeps getting caught doing whatever he's doing. Right, but then, yeah. but then can always, yeah. Which, which again, you know, if you go back to the high evolutionary, it's the same thing. It's like super powerful, but also this like layer of like incompetence like underneath it. <sighs> That's probably one of the that honestly, the high evolutionary is probably one of the prisons he's referencing breaking out of. Oh, almost certainly. Yeah, yeah. probably the clever. first, probably ever the first prison. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's a good. That's a good like tie in. It's like, oh, of course he's breaking out of prison. That's what he does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're right. Like he also has like gaps in knowledge. Like the whole like the running joke the whole time is that he keeps saying like I'm not a raccoon and people keep calling him that and it's like it turns out yes you are. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. That, that that was like one of those interesting little tidbits where it was kind of like the the way that he like ultimately ends up learning that piece of information. But like that's that's a strange one about identity as as well. And I don't even know that like my brain has fully been able to like to process what the implications of that sentiment even are. Yeah. You know, like, like, cause certainly all of us out here in the real world may, may think certain things about ourselves and it could be that underlying theme of like imposter syndrome or something yeah. or, or embracing more about like your true nature in some capacity. Uh, because Rocket at the end of the day was so manufactured as well as just being a simple raccoon. Yeah. That like, it's hard to know like which one of those identities ultimately like wins out. But well, yeah, so he's struggling the whole time, I think, or maybe most of his life, I think, feeling like uh, knowing obviously now via the flashback that he was like, he was, he didn't, He I think he says in one of the other movies, like I didn't ask to be made. Right. Yeah, yes, so he yeah. says that at one point and then 
Um, and this one, like you can tell that he was made by a bad person. Right. It's like, I didn't ask to be made and I was made by a bad person. So like, I must be bad or like I shouldn't exist. Right. Sort of thing. But it's like, but then they have that uh, line, I guess, uh, when he's in sort of the um, limbo area talking back to Lila. Lila. Nice. Yes. Pulling otter. it out. Otter. Lila the otter. Yeah. Um, when she's like, I guess she, she explains it really well. And she's like, there's the, like the hand that makes you and then the hand that guides the hand or something. Oh yeah. It's just yeah. like, just because like, and that's sort of like this weird problem with like the high evolutionary. It's like, you have done like a very weird thing, like in making this planet and trying to make this utopia. And it's like, I don't know if like you were like ethically sound in doing it, but now you, now there are real people here. So maybe you need to account for that now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like it was still a huge, like he created the world that he then ultimately destroys and it's still a tragedy when he destroys that world. Right. You know, it's like there were still people living there. Right. And they were still having like an existence that like was good. Right. Um. But yeah, it's like, I mean, that that just goes to show, I mean, probably like a, a massive, massive, massive. God, there was such a good line. I keep I keep thinking that as I'm talking, it will like it come will to come me back in my head. To you. But it, it, was, it was essentially that thought of like, um, like you want everything to be perfect when things are perfect just the way they are type of, like that's that's like the, the, oh, the oh, feeling. Oh, what Rocket says to him at the end. Yes. He's like, yeah. yeah, you're not trying to make things perfect. You just don't like the way things are. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. Um, and I, I thought that was that was like a really powerful, you know, piece of sentiment as well. Because because like you said, one of the topics that I get particularly like stuck on is this this notion of a utopia, like this notion of, of like what is, the best version of our world. What is the best version of the world where, where there isn't conflict and people live in like harmony and peace and like, you know, what all comes, like what would be required for that world, you know, to exist in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. um, and and I felt like, you know, like I, I go back to like the matrix or like the book, The Giver, or even like Wally, where they're all like living aboard the Axiom. And like your, your entire existence is essentially like having robots cater to your every need because nobody needs to do any jobs whatsoever. And it's like, but is there fulfillment in doing something you're good at? Right. Like, you know, like, like, well, like, that, yeah. And that's like what, like what Wally argues. It's like, it's not enough to live. It's like, I don't want to survive. I want to live. So exactly. it's like, is the point of life surviving or is the point of life living? Right. right. But so, but so it's interesting to me because I think like the big question for me forever, and I feel like this movie actually did a really fantastic job of, of like maybe making me feel better about it is like, is our goal as a society, as a world, utopia and it, and it almost felt like what this like what the the message of this movie was like not really no yeah. <laughs> like like don't ask for that because that's not really like what we're what we're after you know right. like, and that would not be the world that we would necessarily want but so anyway yeah i thought i thought it was like a very interesting uh a premise. I think it gave the high evolutionary lots of layers, and I think it really fitted nicely um, with like what almost started or almost felt like a side quest for the Guardians to be like, okay, right. like, we, like we need to go and get this thing to like save Rocket, and then it was like, oh, that's that's, that's the, the whole movie. movie. Yeah, like, yeah. That's it's sort of like intro. Uh, Rocket gets injured. Then they have like the whole first act where they're on like the Orth Orga Corp or whatever. Yeah, yes, <laughs> Just like yeah. the gross planet. The, the, oh exactly, my God, I, I, we're I, gonna talk about that for a sec, yeah. Right, yeah, so I was gonna say like, like typically, and I, I, I can't even remember where I, uh, where I wrote this down in my notes, but like typically that type of like, um, world yeah. would gross me out. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, what it was or if, if they walked the finest of lines or they just executed it really well or maybe it just fits the theme of like the goofy quirky guardians right. vibe uh -huh. but i was i was like 
it's it's weird. There's no doubt that it's oh, weird. Oh, it's weird. But like, you know, it's like, you know, it almost looked like they were standing on like like skin on like a microscopic level and there's like that squelchy, yeah. really like uncomfortable noise, what, but it yeah. worked. What what really made it stand out to me about how well it was working cuz like they were ve- it was they were very self-aware about how gross it was. Absolutely. Like yes. the movie knows that you, the viewer, thinks it's gross, but it's almost like the characters like know people are watching and think it's gross or something. Sure, yeah. Like yeah. I know I don't know what, what they were telling them, but what I like you can tell they were doing it really, really well because they tried to do the exact same thing in Quantumania. I was gonna say the and, same thing and, and did not yeah. did not get it. They were yeah. I mean they almost had the exact same thing where he's like, Do I put my hands in the, in the tubes or blah, blah blah? And it was just like, yeah, that um I see what you're trying to make it funny that it's gross, but it's normal, but you're just making it look gross and weird. And in this one, it was like, it is so funny that it is like this, this, like no one's addressing the grossness of it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. And I mean, and I feel like, I feel like Quantumania, they like, they did like, like 11%. You know, like, like they were they were sort of like, yeah, like some some stuff in this microscopic world is going to be like unusual and yeah. strange and like whatever. This was like the whole the planet whole thing. down to like, like Nathan Fillion randomly showing up, which was oh like, oh, my gosh, I, I thought for sure there was gonna be like a four second cameo. And I was like, he's just an actual character in this movie right now. The, but they're like the carapace seat suits. Yeah, and I know I did not under this, the suits were just <laughs> they were throwing me a little I was like they're like at first when they show you those little dudes like floating around outside of the planet, I'm like, OK, that's what that species is got it and then it's like no you see them with their masks off so whatever they're wearing is just they're just wearing that because that's what they're wearing and they don't we're not going to address it it just sort of looks like weird blocky muscles i guess right yeah it's like uh, like the michelin man meets yeah insects or something don't you know? know yeah so that was that was sort of a weird thing but you're right like that marvel does such a weird thing with certain actors of the show up and you'd be like this is okay the thing is you could have had nathan fillion play probably anyone you wanted to. He could probably just ask to play a role because everyone loves him and it's like a sci-fi thing. And yes. It's Marvel and right. it's like, and this is how you're gonna, this is how the entire MCU decided to use Nathan Fillion was to put him in this funny no, we, suit we, we, for like 10 minutes. We played that card. We played it, we, we did we, it. We've done the Nathan Fillion thing. Yeah, we've done it. Uh, yeah, so that was that was hilarious and random and weird, but like, you know, I thought it was funny that he kept talking about like, he's like, he's like <laughs> one henchman. Like there were, there were a bunch of good running gags like that. Oh my God. Throughout the thing, like, or just like dropping Mantis on her head for some reason right. was a gag. Right. Yeah. So I don't know why. I wonder if it happened accidentally one time, uh, and then they were like, "It's just kind of funny." Just keep just doing it. it. Yeah. yeah. We'll just we'll just keep having having that happen. Yeah. So in case you didn't notice, that was the other thing. So speaking of the weird stuff, is like even like the way that like Nebula kept having like just like like everybody was having like an arm broken, like just completely sheared, or like you know yeah. Nebula's neck is just literally bent backwards yeah. like you know it's just like that's weird like i was getting throughout the whole movie i kept getting like uh sid from toy stories room oh, vibes absolutely yeah sid vibes yeah. especially in the rocket flashbacks I oh mean, my gosh like the little bunny yeah, that's the like bunny, yeah. floor <laughs> floor yeah. you're laying on the floor so your name is floor it's like yeah but then yeah but then they just like stuck to the names and it was yeah. it was like all right yep. that's that's Fair enough. Fair okay. enough. I mean, could could you have imagined a world where you would see a depiction of any of those creatures, and was like, these guys are gonna die, and when they die, you might cry. <laughs> it's yeah, like, 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 I think I'll be okay. Yeah. I think I'll be okay. And then it was like, oh my gosh, why? So why? Do it. They killed Teeth. <laughs> no, not Teeth. <laughs> yeah. No. So um. 
No, I thought I thought all that was really really cool and interesting. The with my my tiniest and this is not even a criticism. It's just, I was just I just thought it was interesting that it was slightly different. Was that all of them seemed a lot more um, like uh, like like rebuilt like with custom parts and stuff. Then Rocket Then Rocket, is. yeah. Uh, and that may just be like one of those things where it's like, well, th he's a mad experiment man and right. does these things. And so that's that's it. This is just how Rocket looked. Yeah. yeah. Um, gotta say the uh, the high evolutionary, his his face being like, like oh, rubberized, yeah, like pulled back. Stretched back like yeah. that. And then like at the end, you know, like it comes like undone and it's like flapping in the breeze and like they like go and like pull. I'm like, is this happening right now? Like, know, this feels like, like a peek behind gross. the curtain where you're seeing like oh. the costume come off or I something. Know. Also, let me just say, they missed a tremendous opportunity to reuse the face off joke. I know. I could yeah, not believe yeah, it's so true. It's a they face off. They didn't say it was a face off. And it was right like, there. and then there was like a little literal face and off. And then yeah, they literally took someone's face off and they didn't say it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyway, not a big deal or anything because it was also just a pretty dramatic moment. Right. I thought he was going to be like robotic underneath, not like just a gross skull underneath. Right, but I guess that was from where like yeah. Rocket had basically like just completely, yeah. you know, disfigured him upon his like escape. So yes. he like rebuilt his own image ish. Right. In this yeah. very uncomfy way. Very gross. Yeah. yeah. But like yeah. the effect was like pretty good. Like it looked like there's something wrong with that guy's face, man. I right. So, okay, but so now now the other thing that I guess we were introduced to, and this this would be like one area where I was like, I, I can't tell, because this movie, this movie is long. Oh, it was long. Like it's it's a lengthy movie. Um and I, I did feel like there were elements of it where I was like, I don't know that it had to be there and the movie could still stand on its own and maybe be like a little bit shorter. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to say that I'm like venturing into like, like a critique or a complaint necessarily, but like, um, you know, obviously we finally, after how, how many predictions, I mean, it's, it's maybe like second to Mephisto uh, is Adam Warlock. Oh yeah. You know, like that name has come up on so many occasions. He's here. Yeah, he's here, we have him. Um, the the inclusion of those characters was something where I was like, okay, you learn that the high evolutionary was able to literally like create these these people, um, and included with those people is Adam Warlock, who is insanely powerful, and um, it was his his character was really like funny and goofy, and they they did some interesting bits with it, but it, it, that was maybe the only aspect of the film where where I felt like. The, like like I said earlier, like I wasn't thinking the whole time, like oh, how will it fit into the greater MCU or anything like that. Right. Adam Warlock was maybe the exception to that, where it was kind of like, surely he will. He's so powerful. I mean, he's right. got to be like Captain Marvel level like abilities. I guess so. I I don't know that much about his. I, he did feel like a character where it was like he felt like a little bit like a homework character or something where you're like, am I supposed to know more about this guy? Cause I've heard the name Adam Warlock a lot. And I feel like he's normally associated with the soul stone. And he was sort of like the grand reveal at the end of the guardians two right. movie, I think. So it was like, oh, okay, this guy's sort of a big deal. I think he's like, yeah, he's he's normally was built to like be the perfect being or whatever, which is I guess sort of what the high evolutionary is going for. I'm not sure he's always built by the high evolutionary though. Right, but okay. Nonetheless, he was there. He was sort of built under the same circumstances, but then he's just sort of seemed like a little dim-witted, but still very powerful and, um, 
job. Yeah, there, there's there's really like the funny scenes who like obviously uh, sort of like I, I, throughout the film, he, he basically starts as like a henchman for the high evolutionary and he's like clearly be, like, you know, beating up the guardians and all the rest of yeah. everything. And then I, I think what you're supposed to be getting within the guardians movie is like a small arc uh, as to how the next time you see Adam Warlock, who and what kind of character he will be. And right. the, the way that they do it, I thought was just like ridiculously like on the nostrils, but they have the um, like the creation of Adam moment. Yeah. Like where like, you know, oh. Star-Lord and his fingers are like doing like the almost touch thing. And right. he, he basically like, you know, like has witnessed enough of like what and who the guardians are that maybe he's kind of like, I prefer this method to what I was doing yeah. before. I mean, it's a very on the nose sort of thing because like earlier in the movie, they say like portions of the galaxy consider him like a god or something. Right. And like, yes. and he did create Adam Warlock, the high evolutionary, but then you have Star-Lord who, yeah, in the, uh, the, when they remake the the painting, it was like then Star Lord would be like the one who really creates him. Yes, yeah, so you know, like, like, like like and by creating him, like giving him like something to care about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like what Star Lord stands for feels like will be imprinted onto right. um, Adam. Adam Warlock's yeah. character as we go forth. Um, so, so that was, that was like one thing and I'll be very curious to see like what, what they do with it. Uh, I like the casting. I, w the guy from, um, Maze Runner, I cannot believe the glow up on that dude. Oh he's yeah. Just like gone from, I don't even know. I feel like he's been like a child actor. We've seen him for years and now he's this. Now he's this guy, Adam you know? Warlock. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, so he looked incredible. I thought that was pretty cool. Although I cannot, um, the, the other thing I kept thinking about, I was like, his makeup chair must just be like, like, uh, like he must have like a mortgage on that space because of how so much gold. he must have lived there. Yeah, you know, like so gold. And I feel like if it was me, and I was like, okay, and and maybe uh, Dave Bautista has this exact or uh, or Gamora. Gamora, you know, like where, where so much is involved with it. But it's like if if this character ends up being prominent in the future of Marvel movies, it's like I'm gonna be gold. All the time. Just a lot. Yep, just, just a lot. Just a lot, yeah. So maybe maybe they'll do the thing where they, they put him in the suit at the end. It's like, okay, then we can only just do Yeah, then we just have to do your face, yeah. yeah. Makes it look, hey, you're wearing long sleeves. A little bit smoother. Giving you the Schofield treatment there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a prison break reference. Yes, wow, it is. that's a deep cut. Um, okay, but so the other the other piece of the story that I felt like uh, maybe you you could have cut out and while, while I didn't have a problem with it in particular, it was like, again, kind of a long movie. Didn't know that it like, really added a whole lot was uh, Sean Gunn's character, whose name I can just literally- Craglin. Craglin yeah. and Cosmo. Yes. Yeah. That whole narrative was like, it was fun in like the moment where Cosmo takes like the two giant slabs of earth and like pancakes. Yeah. You know, that was like, that was that pretty was awesome. Fun. And I was like, I, you know, I like almost got up from a chair and like, 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 woo, yeah. woo. you know, I was like, that was awesome. Um, that being said though, like, you know, obviously he's trying to like, like sort of like learn the ways of like Yondu's um, yeah, the arrow. arrow. Yeah. And it was kind of like, I was like, we spent at least a few minutes of screen time on that whole thing. And it like, there's probably would have been other ways to like go about it and not have that be the case. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like, I, I was sort of, I was been thinking about it, uh, why they put that particular, like so much emphasis on like the, you called me a bad dog, please take it back. Yes. Like, like running gag, cause you're right. That was sort of the, every time they came back to him, that was sort of the joke they were going to again. Right. And to me, that was like, eventually they're like playing poker and Cosmo was still going on about it. And they're like, just drop it, you know? Right. Like you gotta just, just apologize, man, or do whatever. Like someone stop the dog. 
And to me, it was like, that was like the very like, I'm, we're gonna make sure everyone gets like the, the, the spoon fed message of the movie, which is just like, yes, like one tiny, like one bad thing happened in your past and you need to stop letting it define literally every moment of the rest of your existence. That's a which, fair way to put it. Which yeah. is like, like that's like the very like light version. You see the entire arc of it happen in the movie. Like Cosmo was called a bad dog once and like cannot drop it and lets it affect every interaction until it is resolved. Right, and then you've got like Peter Quill yeah. who's then, like you know, can't yeah. get over Gamora and so it's yeah. like he... so they're all, the rest of them are just sort of doing that same thing on a much more like several movie arc. Yes, or, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that's a really good point as well is that it's it's sort of like at some point you almost need to leave uh, like, you know, aspects of these things that are holding you back in the past. Yeah, I mean, there was very much, I even wrote this down, I was like, there was like a, your dark past doesn't have to dictate every moment of your present. Right, Like right, right. going on. So yeah, Quill, uh, he needs to like go home and see his actual family. And then he also, uh, just because he was happy with Gamora, doesn't mean that he, the only way to be happy is with Gamora. I like that. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And then yeah. Rocket, yeah, we already sort of covered, just because he didn't ask to be made and was made by a bad man, was made by a bad man, doesn't mean he's a bad, thing uh drax almost the same thing like oh, don't drax, even get me dude, started i drax see what was, you have written and it's gonna kill me here to hear you say it oh I this know. is what got my watermarks going Ooh, in the movie yeah I, was like, I didn't see it coming either but yeah. it's like just because his family was killed by thanos doesn't mean he isn't a good dad oh my like, gosh oh, that was like yeah because then you see him like still being with the kids and it was like the the um, the at the end where they have that line where it's like you're not supposed to be drax the destroyer you're supposed to be drax and I, like they got to that part in the sentence i was like i know what they're gonna say oh, and then they did and i was like no, just, I started. I don't know. That, yeah, that, that was could a good just be one. like you know, fairly new parent in me, but like that was yeah. definitely like a like. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Then um, I thought this was I thought very very interesting um switch is that Nebula was not going through this. I didn't think. Oh like, yeah, good because point, like good point. Nebula sort of had like already embraced this concept like over the like the past the rest of the MCU like right like having been built by Thanos and stuff and so like in this complete one eighty twist Nebula is like the most emotionally stable one of the group which right. has not been the case ever. Right, right. <laughs> and it's like, she's sort of having to like guide them through them. And like, I thought that was like a very good way to show the growth of her character. There was a even, lot. yeah, no. And it's, it's funny because there's that line where like, you know, they like Quill comments on her eyes or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, my father gave me these as a way to like torture or something. She's a nice shade. She's a nice shade. But then like <laughs> later when she's reviewing like what happened to Rocket, she's even like nothing. I was, my situation was nothing like this, you know? Right. And, and, and I mean, not to, not to like diminish like anybody else's, you know, trauma. It's like, you know, you don't compare trauma. That's not right, how it yeah. works or anything. Mm -hmm. But it, I did, I did and do think that that shows like a lot of the growth that, that Nebula has gone through that she was able to even like set aside her own stuff and show compassion for someone else's hardship. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it like, cause you're right. Yeah, like, I mean, she was, she, oddly almost like a beacon of like hope or like positivity or like like the most right. together of <laughs> yeah. the group and it's nebula i know and it's like you're the one who's normally just like on the edge about to kill someone at every second <laughs> right yeah yeah, yeah. or, or yeah. even like when when drax is like we're gonna go kill a bunch of people it's like it's like no it's like we're gonna go kill some people it's like, we're gonna kill at least one guy that no one cares about in <laughs> it's like that feels like it normally is like nebula's approach it's like right. let's go and choose violence first and then clean up after right yeah um so no, that's a that's a that's a great a great observation. It, yeah, I also thought it was just amazing. Like it seemed like in almost every fight they were in, it was like, oh man, once you make Nebula a good guy, I see why she had to be a bad guy because she just wins every fight. 
It's oh, like, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, mm, mm. yeah, you make a good villain because it's hard for them to beat you, but when you're just on the other side, it's like unfair. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. That being said, yeah. goodness gracious, man. One of the one of the scenes that I thought was amazing, and like um I have slowly grown to realize this as time has go that as time goes on, but like action scenes, surprisingly, despite like the function of the scene itself can typically be quite boring. Mm. Um, like action, you find yourself like acclimated to like boom, bang, pow, like explosions right. like very quickly. So like in order to make it engaging, you have to be very creative with it. And there's the one scene where like the guardians go full guardians and like Groot's got like his arms running through and rockets running Oh yeah, along like in the hallway and, fight. Yeah, the hallway yeah, oh, fight. Oh man, that was so fun. I was like every single second of it, I was like, yes! Boom! <laughs> yeah, that was really good because they are like so severely outnumbered and they give like each character their like money shot time to shine and it's like i you're right it's like like why did that work so well in that moment and i think part of it was because like this is the movie it's like you could feel the movie saying to you the audience like okay this is the this is the this is like our farewell to the guardians big fight everyone's gonna get a huge moment to shine like you are going to see your favorite character kick some butt right now right okay yeah and, yeah and so like i said earlier as well like while, while i wasn't thinking about the greater mcu i do think something from the greater mcu was was like distilled and placed into this movie which is like what the avengers films typically accomplish by having such a massive ensemble cast and, and i've always been impressed with the avengers movies is that like every single character has like an important role in the story and you are it, like nobody ever feels like they're just sort of like and you know also thor did something right you know yeah. it's like no, no no like every single one of these a-list actors all had their moment right to go in and do something <clears throat> like really really cool and um as a, as an ensemble from the very beginning they've i think guardians has always been pretty good at this anyway but um like a, a film that that revolved around rocket of course like it still had plenty of time uh, for each of the characters. And, and in that scene in particular, yeah. I feel like it's on like grand display. It's just sort of like, we're going to give you a awesome epic moment or fight sequence with all of them. All of them. And, and, all of them. and, they're, and they're all gonna be good. They're all gonna be cool. Like every character like really feels like they, they had like something meaningful to contribute. Uh, I, I think possibly you have a similar note to this. And so let me know what you thought. The, the, one, the one possible earmark on that could be Groot as a character. Mm. It seemed like maybe a smaller role. He did, yeah. So like, yeah, we talked about how like the, you, you know, your dark past doesn't have to dictate every moment of your future. It's like, yeah, Groot didn't really have that. You know, he's just sort of also there. Right, right. Yeah, uh, he, you know, he he's not, his character development wasn't as great. Uh, he sort of had that like thing going though, like where he can't really appear the same size in ever in any movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so he's been yeah. like adult Groot, and then baby Groot, and then like teen teenage Groot. Groot, and now he's like bulky Groot, and yeah. then at the end he's like Colossus Groot. But it's always it's always funny about that. But he doesn't. I guess it's hard because he can't say that much. I know, but, I know. So that that's a really. I'm glad you actually even yeah. like teed me up for this with that exact sentiment. But uh, we were talking about this a little bit in office this morning, and in, in trying to sort of get like a better feel for like the whole like I am Groot language uh because it does seem like from the very beginning it was pretty much like rocket could understand like what group was saying and pretty much had to translate for everybody else and like as time goes on like clearly the rest of the guardians were starting to like know what he was saying as well uh there's obviously that really kind of like funny scene where thor i think in infinity war like says he took groot as like an elective yeah it's kind of like a throwaway like oh yeah okay like that's funny like now you can understand Groot too right um 
But then throughout this movie, I thought the whole Gamora group thing was hysterical. Yeah. Which was like, she was like, all right, you guys are making up like responses what to saying, what he's right? saying, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like he's not actually saying anything. Um, but then two things. One is that at the end of the movie, uh, in true Vin Diesel fashion, he says, I love you guys. Um, which yeah. it felt like very like Fast and the Furious, like yeah, family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I really want like Vin Diesel to be in the live action Lilo and Stitch so that he can say Ohana means family oh. like, to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I'm going into my Vin Diesel fandom here. Yeah, um, the Vin Diesel Cinematic Universe. The yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> VDCU. Yeah. Um, but uh, like, so at the end, obviously he says another sentence and, and in the first Guardians film, this is sort of like reflecting the like, we are Groot. Yeah. Uh, like like the first piece of it. But this was a huge departure. Like we are Groot was changing one word and right. basically saying the same thing. This was saying like all new words, uh, which then was could go a couple of ways. Uh, and one of the things that we discussed here was almost like in the film uh, Avatar Way of Water. Yeah. You have the moment where like essentially they, they have like a, like a narration of Jake, I think saying something like, and before long you didn't even realize that we were hearing the yeah, Navi language. It all just sounded like English. And then yeah. for the rest of the movie, they just speak in English because, you know, the audience doesn't want to read subtitles. The whole time, yeah. yeah. So it's like, so basically it's like, we're not going to speak in Navi the whole time. And you'll, you'll, you'll you know that they're, they're, they're speaking to each other in Navi, but we hear it in English. Right. And so the question sort of became like, like, what is... Uh, what is that relationship like with Groot? Because the other thing at the end is that Gamora finally does understand right. what Groot is saying. And so the the art, the hypothesis that I think Kat and Alpha said was uh, like, maybe it's one of those things where like, if you like love or appreciate Groot, then you hear what he's saying, mm -hmm. not just the words, I am Groot. Right, I, um, you could say that, but then you have to consider Thor's like I took Groot as an elective. I, and that's like yeah. one of those where it's like, maybe it's fine for that to have just been it's a funny been like thing a Thor said yeah. and, and like let the canon exist in, in a way that's like, yeah, we're not gonna hold Thor to that because Thor is just Thor. Right, <laughs> you know? so then there's like, so the question is, did when, when he says, I love you guys was, did, did he actually say I am Groot? And this is like the movie's way of communicating with the audience that you, the audience now understand Groot. Exactly. Right, okay. And that's, the, and in my mind, like that's that's the version of it that I think I like the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, because... I like, I don't like him being able to say other words. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. No, like, like if, if you want to say that because we've gotten no, to know Groot over six or seven movies now that now we understand it, then I'm with you for that. Yes, and I, yeah. I think that that's the thing. But don't don't like you know show us the future Guardians movie led by Rocket, you know, with with all the rest, and, and Groot just speaks like full sentences to right. everybody all the time. Because I I do think that there, there's a chance you would end up diminishing the overall charm. Like like yeah. because otherwise it's it's this fun contextualized thing where it's like he says something and then you get to figure out what he said based on how everybody else reacts. And like, yeah, I feel like that's that's like part of what makes the whole character. Mm -hmm work. It's yeah. obviously the most iconic aspect of Groot. Of Groot. Is. Oh, on that note though, I thought it was very fun to finally see him back in like full fighting as a tree form and like taking advantage. Cause like in the first Guardians movie, there are so many times where it's like, boy, it's a good thing they had Groot. Cause oh, like yeah. he's a little OP. He could do a little too much almost it seems sometimes. Right. And then they're like, yeah, okay. So the next movie, he's just a baby and he can't really do anything. And then after that, it's like, yeah. So he's just gonna shoot stuff with guns now. Right. Instead of like be, be a tree most of the time.
time, but it's like, no, but, but he, it's still important that he's a tree because he makes the hammer for Thor. So yes. it's still important that he's a tree. That's why it's important, but otherwise guns. And this <laughs> time it's like, no, he's he's just big. He's big fighting tree again. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was like plenty of little minions and stuff for him to fight. So that was all pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah no, and I, although I really did like coming into this movie, you know, especially being like, uh, like what feels like the finale of Guardians. Cause at the end they said like, the legendary Star-Lord will return, yeah. which made me feel like maybe we won't have another Guardians of the Galaxy film, but maybe we'll see those characters show back up. I don't know exactly it's, how that will play yeah, out. Yeah, it but. seemed weird that, or I bet they just have like a new name or something. Could be. Like maybe they're not called the Guardians anymore, Or, but it seemed weird that they would like give you this one scene of like, all right, here's this, here's Cosmo, a, a character you just kind of finally got to know, and here's Adam Warlock, and here's Giant Groot, and here's this other girl, we're not even gonna tell you her name. Right. Like, um, uh, Phyla, that's her name. Phyla, but, okay. Yeah. Um, like, here they go. Like, it seemed weird that they would show you that and then be like, that's not, mm, we just won't see them again. Right. Because, right. like, clearly, like, they're not going to just, like, not have Adam Warlock in there in any more movies or something. So, it's true. I don't know if they'd just be called something else or whatever. But otherwise, it was very much like a farewell to the Guardians, or at least, or, or it's, it's like, was it a farewell to the Guardians as a whole or this version of the Guardians or something like, but and then, then, cause yeah, at the end it does just say the legendary Star-Lord will return. Right, right. So then that was, that was sort of like another one where you sort of get to the end of the movie and, and I, I, I don't know like exactly how I felt about it because like, I don't know if I fully comprehend what they were trying to do yet, but they sort of like show you where all of the various characters are going. And it's sort of like, you know, this is, this is like where everybody lands and everybody's like kind of found their purpose and they will go and like, you know, like fulfill that purpose in, in some capacity. Right. Um, so obviously very notably, you've got Peter Quill going back to earth, yep. uh, and he is going to like, like see his, his family and stuff, uh, which is like for one, it was kind of like, obviously his, you know, his mother passed away when he was very young and it's like a traumatic event that he needed to like process and like digest in some capacity so that he can go on to like, you know, mature as a, as a person and be more right. at peace, like, you know, with himself and everything. Um, but as they have him go into the home, it almost felt like, you know, they had the door open and they had the woman answer the door and he's like, I, I might be in the wrong spot. I'm looking for, you know, like my grandfather. And he's like, oh, and she's like, oh, he's right over here. Yeah. And like, there's this like reveal moment where you like see the grandfather and it's like, who is it? And so it, this was like a really funny thing. And I'd like asked everybody in the office this morning. Cause I was like, I feel like I missed the trick. Like, was I supposed to understand that like, oh, that's who they got to be the grandfather. Cause literally, and I was wrong about this, so this is not the case, but I, I was like, is it Kevin Feige? Who is like the, <laughs> like the, you know, like the puppeteer yeah. of all of like the MCU so far. And I was like, oh, is this gonna be like a new thing? Like they'll have, they'll have like, kind of similar to like the Stan oh, Lee cameo. It's like Kevin Feige has done so much for Marvel as a brand. And you know, he's kind of been the figurehead, the one at the center of everything. I was like, oh, is that, is that gonna be like the thing? Is that, is it gonna be like, like Kevin Feige is now gonna have like a cameo in each of the films. And this was like, like the first foray into it. And it's like, nope, it was just the guy who played him in Guardians too. And it was like, oh, <laughs> um, well, that's fine too. Uh, but like, it was like one of these things where like, you know, I felt like it was like a camera pan. It's like, oh, and who's his grandfather? And it's like, it's this guy. It's his grandpa, yeah. Okay. Just a guy, I guess. Just a, just a guy, just I a guess. Just a guy, I guess. Yeah. So yeah. Did, I, you see, did you see the newspaper he was reading? Yes. Uh, the post credits? Yes, yeah, and it had the, the Kevin Bacon. The Kevin Bacon thing. That's pretty yeah, amazing. That's pretty good. Do you think that Peter went on to mow that lawn? Oh. <laughs>
<laughs> Probably. Do, who do you think the 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 deadbeat son is? Oh. Do you feel like that's like a like? Oh, it's gonna be someone. You think so? He said he was like a forty-five-year-old son, right? Right. Is that it, man? Hmm. Who would it be? Who could? It, who could it even be? I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. That you wouldn't recognize. That'd be so funny. Yeah. Because that, that actually is an important person. Right. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, I'll move along if you want me to. It's just, you have a son right there. Do, <laughs> yeah. you gonna sit there on the porch and watch me? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like. Get me started. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, now kind of want to know. I know. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very funny, and then, like I, I almost felt like Marvel was was playing with the audience a little bit as well because there is, of course, the um, the constant like you get to the end of the movie and you probably need to go to the bathroom because you've had your snacks and drinks and everything throughout the entire time and you're waiting all 15 minutes for the credits to roll through just so you can see what new piece of glimmer they're gonna give you and it was largely Chris Pratt chewing cereal yeah you know I mean, it was they like let the cereal sounds go on forever yeah, yeah. they were like like enjoy that one kids <laughs> Glad you stayed for the post credits, uh, but you still have to next time because maybe. Because maybe, because you never know. You never we've know what we're you, gonna do. We've given you some morsels in there, uh, yeah. so maybe there will be more. Um, okay, uh, the other the other big one about uh, like any Guardians movie is of course going to be the music. Yeah. Um, one of the things, and again, I'm not gonna call this a critique because I don't think that my own personal taste in music is uh, high enough level that I feel like I could critique something on it. I did feel like the music was a little bit less iconic to me in that like I I didn't hear all the songs and think like yay they yeah, use this one right um and uh, what especially got me was uh towards the end they've got the is it a zoom is that the name of like the old player that oh is that what they're using as a, z a zune a zune was a it zoom. called a zoom? yeah, yeah. Oh um but uh they they clearly scroll up a decade to like the 2000s and mm -hmm. like, you know, the, the, the little button press was yeah. very nostalgic, like that noise, like the, yeah. like, you know, it sounded really good. Um, I don't know what I expected the song for the 2000s to be, but like having been, you know, I like in the year 2000, I would have been like 11, you know? So it'd be like, you're really talking about like an era of time where like I would have been yeah. prime audience. Exposed for like, to a lot like, of music, like, yeah. And it was like the song started playing and I was like, do I know this song? I didn't know it until it got like a little further into it. I knew that, yeah, once yeah. it got to like the chorus, it was like, oh yeah, okay, of course. You know, like everybody's having a good time and it was fun and everything. And, and I did think it was good, but I was like, I was like, was, was that the 2000s iconic song that I expected them to pick? Right, yeah. I don't know. I, I thought that too, because like because it's a Guardians movie, you're paying a little bit more attention to the music. Whereas like I got out of Guardians one, and I was like, well, I'm downloading the soundtrack right now. Like I wasn't like rushing to go download the Volume Three soundtrack right after right. I got out of the theater. But um, I mean, the movie, the music was still good. I like how they went back to uh, Come and Get Your Love uh, at the very end. Yeah, that was as cool. well. That, that was, was good because cool. that's like you know the the sort of intro uh, Star Lord song. Right. Well, like, oh, they're doing it again. Yeah, 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 it's fun. It's back. Yeah. So that was cool. That was also my wedding song. So yeah, it's fun. That is yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the Guardians one soundtrack was like your whole wedding soundtrack. Yeah, entirely. it was. Yeah, it was yeah. sort of like a big theme. I yes. Suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but like, but music in general, I even felt like they gave it sort of like its moment because like really at the end of the day, like the, like we said at the beginning, the whole plot of the movie is driven forth by their objective and goal to go and get somebody 
uh, from their team or to save someone to from save their Rocket. team. Yeah. You know, and so it's like it's like really like a no man left behind. Like we will all put our lives on the line in order to like make this a reality and nobody is questioning whether or not it's worth it. And I felt like a lot of um, kind of like what you're saying is like living a little bit more in the moment and in the now. Like that is like what music represents. And I feel like it's it's played this huge and significant role for the Guardians uh, as an entity across the board. And I thought one of the cool things was almost having um, Star-Lord run back and basically risk his life in the name of that music. Yeah, to get the music. You know, like... Yeah, um, that was a really cool touch. Now, they use it effectively in, like, a bunch of different ways, too. Like, in um, Infinity War, I think you can see, like, when they go to space... Yes. Um, you can see like Gamora like singing along to I think Rubber Band Man is that what it is? I think so. Yeah. That sounds right. Rubber Man, Rubber Man, that's what it is. Not okay. Rubber yeah, Rubber Man. We're not and, good at uh, music. I'm not. We're not good at music. Yeah, I don't know if you ever listened to the pop, but uh, we are not. Anyway, um, but so and it like I always really love that she's like singing along to it because it's just sort of like ah she's like really like adopted Peter's thing. Right, like, yes. You know, it's like, it's not just that she's putting up with it, she's like embracing She's it. like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, which is like always like way, has way more impact. And then so like this movie opens almost the same way with Rocket like listening to the music and like singing along with it. And you're like, even Rocket has embraced the music. Right, yes, yeah. yeah. So that's pretty good. So clearly, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's like music is, is definitely being used as like the, like this, this is, um, this like m music in general is like what it means to like live inside of mm -hmm. I think the moment right. or, or just like enjoy yourself in some capacity. So that's it was I thought that was that was a pretty cool little tidbit for them to include there at the end. Although having uh, I like a couple of times yeah. So I, I think I almost said this earlier. Like coming into this movie, especially being like the potential like air quotes finale for the Guardians, uh, you know, arena. Like they had the situation very early on where like Groot basically has his entire body cut off, and you're like. They just kill Groot. Yeah. Like, because if they just kill Groot, everyone is dying. Oh, yeah. Um, that was sort of the question, because a lot of the trailers and the marketing were like, say goodbye to the Guardians. One last ride. And you're like, what are they going to, are they going to, you going to, are they going to die? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They wouldn't do and then, and like, you, so you basically get to the end, though. And, and of course, there's, this is like one of those, like, very, very far back in the back of your mind thing where it's like, you know, maybe Chris Pratt wants to go and do other, like, other, other projects or something. But so, you know, pretty much when they have him floating there in space at the end and his face is like, you know, yeah, doing the yeah. whole thing, you're like, well, he did. He did. He just die. Like, right. did it, like you know, like. Well, it's like they. It was pretty effective with the marketing because, like, there is this like hint at like maybe they're all gonna die, and they're like, you know, they have Cosmo holding the ships together, and like they're getting everyone across, and like you're sort of noticing like none of them have jumped across yet. Like, right. they're all still on the wrong side of the ship. Is this gonna be like their final act? And then like no, but then Quill goes back, and it's like oh, maybe he's just gonna die, and then it's like, but no, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. A lot of fake out things there a couple fake outs. um i thought the whole like i mean i guess like star lord is like the the main main character of the guardians movies but it felt like obviously for this one in particular like rocket definitely was like much more like the main narrative was being driven forward by his character yes definitely. um but the, there was like this weird like in like the last 15 minutes i feel like they did like okay rocket story is pretty much wrapped up let's pivot over to star lord the main character and give him some screen time because yeah it's like like Wait, what? Shouldn't it maybe be Rocket floating in space or something that we're like all worried about? Because the movie was about 
him? Why are we like? Why is it suddenly Star Lord? And, and it's, yeah. it's a fair question. Um, and and even uh, like when it came down to it, like they they swing the other way again. Like they're they're sort of like letting you know where all the characters end at the end of all of everything. And they're like, okay. And of course, it's all agreed that Rocket is the new captain. And that that was another one of those where I was like, is that what? Have they been like teasing at this? Was it always like gonna be like Rocket or Star Lord to right. be like the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy? Right. Um, there was a little. I, I had the easiest little bit of like the like Game of Thrones like Bran is the the true king, the true king yeah. type thing. It was like, all right. Sure, <laughs> you know, like, like I get that. Um, I mean, obviously, like I said, I mean, I freaking loved the whole Rocket Raccoon story and like everything to do with like how he came about. And like, I thought it, I thought it was all perfect. It wouldn't have changed a thing. I was just sort of like, okay, sure, yeah. I mean, I mean, like, is this just gonna be the new Guardians? Like, was Bradley Cooper just like, dude, if you guys want me to keep coming back, I'll do this until I'll do like, it. I'm blue in the face, right? You know, <laughs> like Nebula <laughs> uh, or Star Lord when he first did it twice. Did okay. Let me ask you this: Did you think? Because they also put this in the trailers, and it felt like a joke in the trailers. But then, as I was watching the movie, I was like, "Are they actually gonna do the Peter Nebula romance thing?" Oh, like, I wondered about that as well. Like, you know, and and I, I, I didn't know what they would do um, with with that particular situation because it really did not seem like like once you get like a good like 45 minutes to an hour into this movie it was like they're not really building you up for a situation where it's Gamora yeah and in even at the end when he was out freezing in space I was like this is originally like what happened yeah with Gamora yeah and I was like you know because he like takes his his like mask off to give to her um and I was like are they like I was like I don't think if if Gamora's the one who saves him, I don't think that they've set it up quite well right. enough that I would be like, oh, okay, so they're back together. You know, or or now together, depending on your perspective on yeah. alternate Gamora. Right. Um so that that was a that was a fake out, I felt like, to have it be Adam Warlock instead. And they did have the really hilarious moment where he's yeah, like, like to, yeah. You know, and he's like, and like Star-Lord's face is all like. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. Yeah, look at, uh, so there was that. But yeah, I felt like, it. I couldn't tell if this was like the, like falling into their like uh, trailer trap or something, but like knowing they had like their one little, like, cause in the trailer it comes off like, you know, obviously they're not gonna like go, you know, be together. Cause that's, that'd be weird. But then like you're watching the movie and it's like, she's the one who's like taking care of him at the beginning. And then they have a line like, she only calls me Star-Lord when she's angry or something. Right, and it's like, right. ah, maybe there's a little something there. And then like when they do that, like he's like, and he immediately starts striking out with Gamora, and then they all put on their, like their little funny colored spacesuits. Which, by the way, the buttons oh, on the, the spacesuit those are the funniest things uh, in the whole movie. Like, <laughs> right. blue is an open channel. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like all the colors mean the wrong colors. So, <laughs> I thought it was a dude. Red is green, yellow is blue. Anyway, anyway, though, I bring it up because. Um, Nebula is wearing a green suit and Gamora is wearing a blue suit. And it was like, are they doing like a like a swap to be like, yeah, see, because Quill's going after the wrong, like going after the wrong girl oh, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, I is that you. what's going on here? A little um, bit of a setup for but it. then it sort of fizzles after the Orgathorpe thing. Like, there's no more development of it. Maybe, so. maybe it's like an arc that, like, you know, either either we haven't seen it go all the way, or they were like, people aren't going to be willing to accept this this quickly. Like, you know, you can't start the movie like you getting wasted over Gamora, and then by the end of it, be like. 
hey, Nebula, you're right. you're also here. Right. Like, you know, it's like like let them let them establish like a multi-film, you know, right. like something or another. If that's so, I don't really know. Like I, I had the same question going into it, and, and maybe that was like one of those things where they were again trying to like get. Uh, hit channels like this one to be like, will Star Lord and Nebula end up together? Question mark, exclamation point, clickable thumbnail. Um, you're probably gonna have to make that now so that yeah. people can see what our version of it would have looked like. Uh, only to then just literally not have it be a factor at all. And it's like, right. oh, why would you read into that? That has nothing to do with the themes of the movie and that wouldn't happen. Um, so I could I can see some of that happening because I do think that there's a little bit of um, gamemanship happening between people who make trailers and people who break down trailers yeah. and wanting to make the trailer look epic and be an accurate representation of the film while also leading people down r the wrong paths. Yeah. I, I, I feel There's like we've, an art to it. we've watched enough and tried to predict enough things at this point in time that I'm like, the people who make trailers are at this point in time part of, they're, like they are in the arena. Right. You know, like they're 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 doing the whole thing too. So um, possibly a bit of that was going on. All that being said, I feel like we've talked for a, a good long while at this point. Um, we do have a few reviews that I want to read from oh, um, our quiz masters over on Patreon before we give our scores. Uh, from Chase, we have, it says, it was amazing. I love the blend of dark and light themes. I genuinely think it was the best or second best MCU movie. Oh so, man, really high, high praise, praise from Chase. From Chase. Yeah. Amazing. I wonder what he thinks is the best one. I know, that's a good or question. Or second best one. Infinity War, that's mine. Ooh, Ragnarok. Snape's cat says, I found the gene splicing creepy, but otherwise enjoyed the movie. Made me laugh and cry. I give it an 88. Oh. Uh, and finally, Greg Lamont says, humor and heartbreak throughout. It hits all the notes a franchise finale should. Eventually, we will emotionally recover from what this movie just put us through, but not yet. Oh man, that's a pretty good one, Greg. It does hit like a lot of, a lot of humor and a lot of emotion and it does feel like the finale. So yes. yeah, check, check, check. Yes, absolutely. Um, that being said, where where did you land on it? I feel uh, like I've I've given it some pretty high praise. I mm -hmm. I landed it right at an eighty-seven. An eighty-seven. Yep, so Beautiful. Pretty up, pretty high up there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest with you, I think that you and uh, Snape's cat right there were were right in the same zip code as me. Yep. I, I will I will lean uh, ever so slightly higher for uh -oh. once, and I would give it an eighty-nine. An eighty-nine. An boom. 89, yeah. Wow. Um, Ben's I, favorite Marvel movie all year, maybe. Maybe. maybe Maybe. I so, think probably all uh, yeah. Uh, I, it's definitely my favorite Marvel movie since Spider Man. I, yeah, that's that's probably a good yeah. way to put it. I really had a good time with. I this don't know movie. what I gave other movies a score. So if this was lower, then let me just say I liked this more than every other movie that wasn't Spider Man. Nice, yeah, nice. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's how we retroactively like rate the curves. Yeah. It's like you gotta like figure out how does everything compare to one another. <clears throat> um, yeah, I really what it came down for, to for me was I just thought it was like. I, I didn't even think of it as a Marvel movie. I was like, this was a great Guardians of the Galaxy movie. That like, you know what? This is another. I think that's probably another great way to like compare it to like Quantumania. Whereas like Ant Man and Ant Man One or Ant Man Two felt like these are like these are Ant Man movies. Yeah. And then like Ant Man Three felt like this was a MCU movie. Right. Where yeah. it wasn't as much of an Ant Man movie. Whereas right. this was just like it was Guardians. And there was Guardians 2 and there was Guardians 3 and they were all Guardians movies, so right. stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like there's definitely like, and I, and I think maybe James Gunn has just got like his finger totally on the pulse for like this style brand, like theme of humor, like it, like e even I would say like, so like I said before, like I would say Thor Ragnarok would be up there for me as like one of my all time favorites. Um, and I felt like with Thor Love and Thunder, it almost felt like it took the Ragnarok 
formula and and maybe like exponentially dragged it up mm -hmm. whereas this felt more of like a progressive incline it was just sort of like each subsequent movie was that much more like like now you know a flavor of like how these characters behave and act and the style of humor that we're going to use and what's weird and what's not and like what's cool and how they like you know the snarkiness and all the rest and it, it felt like it just continued like, yeah uh, like a like a natural progression so i i really enjoyed that and like i said i mean a lot of the stuff in this movie if you had shown me out of context i would have been like that is Kind of gross. Weird. Makes they me make little, it work. Yeah, they do make it work. They make it work. So, uh, fun time all around. I'm very curious to see uh, what you guys at home thought. Be sure to let us know in the towel section down below. Yeah, and if you want to see our uh, reviews of other Marvel movies, you check out this one where we review uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Hey yo! What? Good times. Otherwise, until next time. Bye. bye.